0: Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who are gonna spoil Game of Thrones, uh, endgame and your Monday. What's up, Chuck and Gene?
1: (laughs) Uh hey Dave, hey Gene. This is uh Chuck Siders. You can find me at Chuck Siders, you can find the show at potadelphia and here's just a little bit of a a monday spoiler for you uh you're not going to want to go to work tomorrow (laughs) just putting that out there or today when you're listening to this
2: and this is gene zilek you can find me on twitter at producer gene and half the time i don't know where i am or what i'm doing so i probably couldn't spoil anything for you anyway (laughs) chuck you got a haircut
1: i I did i did I'm, i'm happy we're talking about this on air okay um it's my uh, post Easter haircut. You know, I wasn't going to conform to the uh, the typical holidays. You know, I, I got this haircut for endgame. So so okay. it looked good for Tony Stark.
0: You look very handsome. Well, thank you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm just trying to avoid talking about the Sixers. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hyped for this game uh, on Saturday And, again, we come out in a a game one uh, looking very flat-footed. No offense, Mike Scott.
1: Well, this is the the thing I was going to throw out to you guys right off the bat. How much is this a repeat of the Brooklyn series? You know, are you confident or have hope that they're going to bounce back and, you know, take the next four? Or is there something, you know, truly concerning to
2: you guys? Well, Toronto just is a much, much better team than Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn really didn't really have any chance, I guess, is the best way to put it in, in that series. There's no way that Brooklyn was going to beat us four out of seven games. Uh, we saw their best game in game one, and they never got close to repeating that. Um, basically, two games in that series, we were able to put guys that didn't see regular playing time in the regular season in for uh, half a quarter of a of a playoff game. So uh, that was... Kind of an anomaly. I'm a little nervous that the Sixers got a little comfortable with that kind of level of competition there by the end of the series, and uh, thought that they could give that kind of effort against ga- in game one against um, against the the Raptors. And I think they got shown real quick that you know a team like the Raptors they. They put up, like, a 70% field goal percentage through, like, the entire first half. I I think every shot they put up seemed like it was going down. Uh, I actually thought that 70% sounded low uh, for their field goal percentage. At one point, I think there were two guys on the Raptors that, between the two of them, they had more more foul shots than the entire Sixers team. Uh, That's not a great stat. So, it was disheartening because... For most of the game, even when the Sixers were kind of going to run and, and, and close the gap up a little bit, I never felt like they were ever going to get control over this game. And and it was almost basically from the jump. Um, and, and that's not – especially considering this is flip-flop, we're also on the road. So if we don't come out of Toronto tomorrow with a win, we're in serious – we have a serious problem.
0: Well, I think that to me that, all right, Chuck, I think your original question was kind of comparing the losses, right? Like how does this game one loss compare to the the game one loss against the net? So I, I was very angry after the game one loss to the Nets because that's a team you should handle. That's a home game. You have to win those home games in a playoff series. The playoffs don't start until a road team wins the game. And, like, boom, right off the bat, we have the Nets stealing one uh, from our home court. Although, ultimately, I never felt that the series was in any kind of jeopardy. Like, I I, I was 100% confident that we were going to storm back and, and win that series. It was more just me being annoyed that they're playing down to competition, not taking it seriously. Like whatever it is, this loss is disheartening to me in a much different way. Like I look, if they lose tomorrow night, if they lose, or I mean tonight, whatever you're listening to this Monday night, and they go down 0-2, I mean, Gene, you said that they're in deep trouble. I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily feel that way because then if we just hold serve at home. Um, You know we're we're making it a best of three series again, and I I mean, it's not all going to go that that way that it went in game one. I mean, Siakam's not going to shoot twelve for fifteen, and I mean Leonard sixteen for twenty probably. Leonard may do that that again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: He may he may do that. That that may be his like that's just him. Like you're you're you to a certain degree. Like you have to just expect that he's going to put up those sorts of numbers. It's a matter of controlling what these other players can do. I I just think that our biggest problem is this is a very, very good defensive team and very disciplined defensive team in um, in, in Toronto. Whereas you could get into the heads – and you saw it on many occasions during the Brooklyn series, you could get into the heads of those guys. Uh, you could get them off of their game. You could make, have them make some, uh, make some bad fouls, and, and, and they were undisciplined and, and made mistakes. Uh, Toronto is a, a much more professional team. I don't see them making those sort of mental errors that Brooklyn was making.
0: Yeah, but I mean, first off, you're the underdog. The Sixers are the underdogs in this series. I mean, and not just um, because we have intimate knowledge of that, of the Sixers or anything like that. It's pretty much a accepted fact. We're playing a 2C that has a better record than us, that has a deeper team than us. Um, So I'm not shocked we lost game one on, on the road. I kind of expected us to lose that game. I thought it would be closer. I thought we'd have a puncher's chance at winning that game. Um, but again, I, th- I think it's something that I, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe uh, these uh, 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 opponents coaches are are able to get the jump on Brett and we'll see. I mean, he's already talking about making a lot of defensive adjustments, primarily putting Ben Simmons on um, Kawhi. Yeah. So well, we'll see.
1: Well, let's talk about Brett. Cause I feel like we've, danced around this issue uh, a few times. And I know it's out there in like Sixers Twitter. It's all over the place of uh, like, is Brett Brown a good coach? You know, is he helping or hurting this team? And I, I, I'm not certain I got a definitive answer from you guys. Like, is this, you know, coming out to start another series, fall flat on our face. And, and, you know, the matchups and their coaching are are the Sixers outclassed. Is is Brett a liability to this team?
0: I don't know, liability may be a strong word. I, I'm just not sure that he's he's going to steal a game from the opposition or um, be totally prepared for everything without having. I don't know a game under his belt or something like that. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I still keep taking this wait and see approach uh, with him and, and kind of the team overall. Like I, I want to, I want to wait until the season's over before I pass judgment on it one way or the other. I mean, right now I'm leaning towards, could they be better with a different coach? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe they could be better if they had a different coach, but I mean, uh, again, are we going to go through that thing where, all right, we're going to bring – now let's see if we bring everybody back. We give them a full off season. We let them put together a game plan and let they're able to gel. Everybody understands Brett's system, what he wants to do, how many dribble handoffs he wants to do in a game. Um, are we going to go down that route again? Now it's like we give them another year. So it all depends on how much – patience everyone has and it's like how much patience is left with this fan base and and
1: brett has been around so many different iterations of this team you know he was the coach of the process you know he was getting the team to win more than they should or more than we wanted them to and the fact that he's still around now is remarkable
0: which also means he's the coach of a team that no one cares about how they perform yeah for a long long time
2: I um yeah. my my take on Brett Brown and honestly there were some things in the Brooklyn series that kind of started to imp- impress me it seemed like very seriously the way they kind of started out still somewhat sluggish in game 2 of that series and that he kind of lit a fire under them uh it it seemed like to me the first time that you could say that he put his stamp on uh, on this team, at least in this iteration, for for a lot of this uh, new, fa- you know, the, the the rebuilt Sixers, the uh, the, the the post uh, Tobias trade Sixers, I, I felt like at any point not, they were going to bring in a bench. Um, I really didn't think that that trade was the finished product, and they really never. Made me comfortable with with the depth of this team, and right now you can see because what ended up happening is that you don't have a fully healthy Joel Embiid who can give you 40 minutes. Um, and well, whose whose fault is that? I mean, that's
0: this. Here's the thing: the Nets series is not Exhibit A. You know, when 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 Brett, when we're saying Brett, you know, what's your what's your resume here? Like, why why should you continue to be the coach? Don't hand me the net series. Don't hand me the Heat series. Right. You had you had an overwhelming uh, talent gap in those series. So yeah, you should have won those those series. When, but you know, right now, what are we looking at? Um, you get outmaneuvered uh, defensively. You get outmaneuvered offensively at times. Um, the team's not ready to play. We still see sloppy turnovers all over the place in wins and losses, Yeah, particularly in crunch time down the stretch. There's all kinds of mental mistakes happening. Uh, Embiid is not ready to play in the playoffs. He's no. not healthy enough. No. And you want to talk about load management or whatever. I mean, we should have been talking load management in October and November. Right. And December, January, February. We should have been managing those loads back then. You know, now we're talking about can we sneak a game for him to be off in the playoffs? Right. Which, like, that's not the time, man. (laughs) I'd much rather take
1: the sixth seed, the seventh seed, and have a healthy uh, Joel the whole time.
0: You can have both. I mean, you could have the three seed and a healthy Joel Embiid. I mean, why is he playing in the, the All-Star? It all seems like this all happened from the All-Star game on. And he, and he played every goddamn game leading up to that All-Star game, including that All-Star game. And after that, it's been a mess. So,
2: like, what? Because what? then in the second half of the se- of the season, or the, the the final quarter of the season, however, it breaks down because the All-Star game, the NBA, it's so late. Um he took, like, 14 games off. So would time have even—was It time the problem? Is it just a matter of that a guy who is that big that tries to maneuver his body in the way that he does, is it just going to take a beating over 82 games? And no matter what you do, by the time you get to April, you're not going to be in any kind of shape. Is that why you don't see guys that are the size of Joel Embiid other than, like, Akeem Olajuwon— uh have long careers. Well, it's
0: 20 it's 2019. Are we going to see Joel Embiid playing basketball in 2024?
2: I don't know if you may see him still playing basketball, but do you, maybe the better question is do you see is he still the dominant player that he can be when he's at his peak? You know, or is he a guy that can only really give you 24 bobon minutes. Productive minutes a night, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, Boban looks terrible, by the way. Boban is 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 a a guy that can give you a couple of uh, offensive possessions in spurts. He is not a playoff f- player you can lean on, and you can see how he just gets abused when on the defensive end. He he's he's constantly out of position. He's constantly trying to make up ground, and uh, when he gets flustered, he he doesn't hit his shots.
1: Yeah, and I honestly thought he was brought in just to be Eastern European comic relief. You know,
2: and we would be in such better shape if that were true. <laughs> well, he's he's lived up to that part of the oh bargain. yeah in spades. Yeah,
0: you know, the, the bench the <laughs> bench in game one uh, looked atrocious outside of uh, Ennis,
2: right? And Ennis is basically filling in for for Mike Scott, which I think this is showing us exactly. You know, Mike Scott did, did have does have some value on this team he does add something to this team and not having him available
0: oh he yeah. has value the value is keeping guys like uh Furkan Korkmaz off the court
2: yeah well, that's true yeah and I'm making sure those guys don't have minutes i i can't watch jonah bolden shoot another three i can't watch I can't. jonah bolden there's like much this one
0: game where he had like five threes in my mind and i keep going back to that like in my brain keeps saying Oh, no, he he he's a good three-point shooter. But, he, know, but he's never come like, close to that kind of making... output.
2: He's never come close to that kind of output again. His threes look terrible. They look I, he, worse than I, Embiid's. I
0: and if Embiid can't – Embiid had 30 minutes in that game and it looked like um, he was sucking wind.
2: Well, and that's the thing is I can't tell what what it is with him because there were moments in the Brooklyn series where he was that dominant player. And how does it how does two days later or a week later he go to to gassed? You know, I I don't understand. Is it is it that he's playing through more pain or less pain? Is that what's what's causing him to be
0: sluggish? Five for 18, though, is not going to get it done.
2: No, he was almost invisible for big stretches of that game, which should never be the case for him.
0: He didn't, and I, have, who, he didn't even have. Uh, he had eight rebounds. Right. So I don't think he had a double double. double. In that
2: game. Yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> uh,
0: the,
2: so, big, the bigger problem, maybe, and this is the same thing that you saw in stretches during the during the regular season and during the the Brooklyn series. You you can't afford for three of your. You know, if 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 Joel and Ben are both having average nights or below average nights, you can't then have JJ Redick and Tobias and uh, Jimmy Butler all basically disappear as well. I thought Ben had a good night. Ben did have a good night. He of of I think of the starting five, I think Ben had the best night. Yeah. I think he had a I think he had a double double. I think he had a double double with rebounds. I don't think that he had ten assists, but I think he had like eight.
0: You know who did not have
2: a good night? Uh Jimmy uh Jimmy Butler did not have a good night.
0: Jimmy Butler had a terrible night. Tobias Harris had a terrible night.
2: JJ Redick had a good JJ Redick had a good third quarter. J. 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 They were J. J. minus 23 on the court. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, Redick had a good third quarter, but he had a, he had a terrible first half. And uh he should I mean it like if you get points for knuckle sandwiches, he absorbed a, a whole crap load of those. Real quick guys, is plus
1: minus still considered a good stat in basketball? Cuz they they took it from hockey and shortly after basketball took it from hockey. Hockey started dismissing it, it. <laughs> like going like, "Oh, plus and minus is a bullshit stat." You know, we're we're much more concerned about someone's Corsier, Fenwick, which are still kind of based on plus and minus, but <laughs> but they're more advanced. Is that still a good metric in basketball?
0: It's, I mean, it's not something that gets talked about a lot. I mean, I just threw it out there because it was such a such a huge number. I mean, minus twenty three is.
2: I think if you're <laughs> close to even, you know, like if you're close to zero, that's it's it's kind of uh, nominal. But when when you're twenty minus twenty three, like that is definitely showing that the other team when you were on the court was having a much better offensive time than you were. So yeah, I mean, and-
0: the only the only starter that was in the positive for that game was Joel Embiid, yeah. which is where you're going to see most nights. And-, and for basketball, it makes more
1: sense. Uh, to actually count the scoring whereas like in hockey uh now they're doing things more shot based metrics so going like hey if you're getting shots on net that might be more significant than the goals you score because okay. you can control the, the shots more well for basketball there's no goaltender so right. so maybe the plus and minus is you know a little more <sighs> legitimate there. i think
2: that the stats are always trying to seek a way to tell the story that Usually, you can tell with your eyes, and I think <laughs> if you watch that game last night, um, and I watched it at like the between the hours of midnight and two a.m. Uh, or or two or two thirty a.m. Um, so uh, you know, forgive me if maybe it was exhaustion also setting in, but uh, they were playing a very boring brand of basketball. There were a lot of very bad possessions that where they seemed unable to get any kind of momentum. They would have small, little stretches where they would start to get some sort of a run and they would either have a series of bad turnovers or they would just run into a very professional, very well-organized defensive team in Well, a
0: half-court offense looked like Drek.
2: Yeah, and they weren't Let's able to the then generate... Half. It
0: was like quicksand time.
2: They couldn't generate those uh, other opportunities to get themselves that momentum. They couldn't generate those fast-break um possessions because Toronto wasn't wasn't giving that to them and this is where it's going to fall it's going to be impending. the thing that kills me is uh, how Brett Brown wasn't ready for this game 1 how he 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 wasn't prepared on how to how to play these guys defensively how he's going to make such drastic adjustments mm-hmm. you're surprised by what Toronto was showing you you're surprised that Paul Gasol could 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 get outside shots and and knock them down Uh, none of this should surprise you.
0: Well, you know, one of the keys to this series, uh, I thought, was going to be turnovers. Um, And in this game, I mean, we had 14 turnovers, surprisingly none from Joel Embiid.
2: Was that close to our average? I think that's close to our average.
0: I actually said it at, like, in my mind, I said, okay, if we're under 15, we have a really great chance to win the game, only because I think our... I don't know what our average is. That that might be close to what our average is, but I, I feel like close. when we play the Raptors, we're usually up over 20.
2: Yeah. But the Raptors do that to a lot of people. They force a lot of turnovers.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I believe it. Let's see, 2018 um, turnovers per game... Uh, we are at 15. We are at 15 turnovers per game. We rank 25th in the league.
2: Okay. All right. It's not good.
0: No, it's not good.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> 25th in the league. Not good. I mean,
1: that is, a, that's a way to paint it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Toronto is 12th, you know, but it's, it's more, <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it's, it's much more, uh, problematic for us when we start turning the ball over
2: so what about some positives were there any positives that you could you could take away from this
0: well my my main positive is that uh siakam is not going to shoot 12 for 15 every every game this series uh i don't think i don't think Kawhi is going to score 45 uh every game this series um, they are going to have to come to Philadelphia at some point, where um, hopefully we can get some more um, attempts from the free throw line. I don't really have a lot. There wasn't a lot in this game where I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see us totally exploiting that and move forward. Although it was we like Toronto got a lot of really strange, fortuitous bounces. Yeah. Like off rims and stuff and tips and 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 all kinds of stuff like it was just like magic it going right in going right in through the hoop so you know that stuff can't can't maintain so not over seven games I mean that's kind of my th- my positive is that's the best damn punch you got and we didn't play great. I, so we'll I, I see what happens in game two.
2: One of my positives is that I, I don't believe that you're going to see. I'm hoping again, you know, much like I said after game one of the Brooklyn series, I don't think you're going to see another game where you're going to see Reddick and Tobias and Jimmy Butler all have nearly non existent games. Now, I, I knock Reddick. He had a very he was he came out in the third quarter and did and then put some points up my my problem is uh, there was way too long of a stretch in that first quarter you know first half where if he's going to be on the on the court as much as he is he has to be contributing somehow cuz he's not going to do it on the defensive end so he needs to be scoring points and if he doesn't put his first point on the board until the third quarter then What is he doing? How is he affecting the game in a positive way? Because that's what he needs to do. He's got to be that that jolt of instant offense. He's got to be able to wipe out, um, you know, uh, be a stopper. He's got to stop a run. When when, when Toronto's put nine in a row up, he's got to be able to turn that tide around. Uh, So I also think that I was watching – There were a lot of strange calls, I feel like, on Tobias Harris. You don't see him get called as much for offensive fouls as I felt like he— I think he got three offensive fouls last night. And you just don't see that sort of game from him. You don't see him get called for for that many offensive fouls. I don't know if it's just the way that Lowry defends him, that he gets his face too low. And, and, and you know, they seem to kind of say that a little bit on the broadcast. I'm not used to the way that TNT calls a game. It's real freaking boring. Um.
0: Well, Reggie Miller's not oh, not
2: great. God, it's terrible.
0: Yeah, um, you know what? Lowry reminded me of one of those um like windsock guys outside of like a car dealership. Yeah, the way seriously, he just
2: like kind of flinging flail. himself around. Uh, you yeah, know, and he
0: was getting the calls. I mean, they're home. That's that's what happened. Um, but,
2: but they were saying like there's a a thing with the NBA and little guys. Now I had never heard this thing. But they were basically describing— And, and that, you
1: are our little guy expert.
2: Right, exactly. And I feel like if, uh, if there really was a, a, a little guy bias, I would have it. Um, <laughs> but he, they were saying that the, the way— specifically a guy like Lowry, the way they defend, they seem to, to draw more of these— and they seem to be like crediting him with drawing these fouls from Tobias Harris uh, by the way he was positioning himself, which basically what, what I think what they were trying to allude to is that uh, he was willing to get his face very close to his elbow without like actually getting clocked.
0: Yeah. It was kind of weird commentary to be like, yeah, that really wasn't a foul, but Hey, you got to hand it a You gotta, you gotta give credit to Lowry there for getting the, the non-existent penalty called on him.
2: <laughs> and I feel like there was at least t- two different conversations where that happened. I was like, yeah, no, that's bullshit. Like that's not a foul. Like you can't, you can't credit a guy for, for draw <sighs> It's terrible. Here's I hate another. Your
0: here's another right, so I know while we're trying to find silver linings here, so here's another positive. Um, the the Raptors bench was not great.
2: No, no, and I remember kind of. A, so I think somewhere in the third quarter they kind of alluded to the fact that really they were getting all of their points from basically two guys.
0: Yeah, they had uh, they had ten bench points, and Ennis alone for the Sixers had eleven. So um, that's good. And here's another one. I think we can get specifically Lowry. Um, in serious foul trouble.
2: I mean, he had five. Him th- and Ibaka had five in that game. I think we just have to to try to find ways to draw draw contact.
0: You know, yeah. Earlier, I, I, I think we got to get uber aggressive.
1: Uh, in is is that the is that the uh, uh, Joel and uh, Mike? Uh, uh, Lord help me, the Mike Scott. Mike Scott. I was gonna say Mike Smith. I'm like no <laughs> yes. He was never that... in
2: the, he was never on the office. There was no Mike Smith at... Exactly.
1: <laughs> but there was a Ryan Howard.
2: Um you
1: know, is that their signal or are they getting called into this? Yeah, that seems like uh Well
0: Mike Scott's got planner fasciitis, so I'm not sure he's gonna be uh I-, I don't know if he's gonna play the rest of the season. Wow. He was in a boot on the uh, on the sideline in game one. Uh, I know it's extremely painful. You um, know, I don't know. The treatment for it is, I guess, very painful. We should get we should get Dr. Keith on the show because uh, he has told me that an injection in the bottom of your foot is the most painful place to get an injection.
2: Yeah, well, it doesn't sound really? pleasant. What about those people I that get know. tattoos on the bottom of their feet? Those people are real stupid.
0: That's a thing. <laughs> Tattoos no, no. on the bottom of the feet?
2: I have no idea. I imagine that there are some people that would <laughs> do such a dumb thing. Real quick, you
1: invented someone and then called them stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, all those people get the tattoos on their I mean, their I'm sure there
0: are people that get tattoos on the bottom of their feet. Would, would you get the, uh, the Toy Story Andy written on the bottom of your foot? In, I feel like a, that's tattoo? a way to
2: go. Yeah. <laughs> or like I'm the sure. bottom of, like the bot, like the converse pattern if you're a real Chuck Taylor fan.
1: see all i could think of was a freaking paul simon diamond on the soles of her shoes like thing but the andy's better converse is good but andy
0: andy's quite good um or like a smushed roach or something like that like no. Well, well, yeah, that's the that's the classy way to go. <laughs> and you know, know
2: me. assuming
1: if you have <laughs> tattoos on the soles of your feet, uh, <laughs> you are a classy individual, and you're showing them off frequently. Like I, it's I not think, something you're accidentally going to see at dinner.
2: I think it's probably one of only for people that really like to frequent like uh, what are those what are those places where you go and get your toenails done? I was going to call them pedophilia shops, but that's that's something <laughs> completely tried. different like a nail salon yes like a nail yeah, salon. when you get a pedicure
0: <laughs> right when you get a pedicure not... wow the...
1: okay. it took us a while to go off the rails but man we went hard
0: Oh wow. we were so we almost got through this whole uh Sixers section without getting <laughs> like totally freaking bonkers um okay so game two uh our our sixers playoff motto we'll see
2: we'll see <laughs> We'll
0: see. Game
2: that two really tonight. should be
1: a team hashtag, and just like a guy in a Sixers jersey shrugging.
2: <laughs> I
0: really don't like seeing Drake happy on the sidelines. God, either.
2: there is nothing more annoying than seeing seeing Drake ecstatic. That guy, uh, that guy is the least the least cool cool guy in the history of. And like, Meek wasn't allowed to go. Yeah.
0: We couldn't even had the uh,
2: the face off.
1: Is that a parole issue? Yes. Yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, that, not, that,
0: that wasn't being
2: sarcastic. Not allowed out of the country
1: to go see the Sixers
2: yeah. play. Which is, the nah, Canadians don't want him in their place.
1: Yeah, but it's they so... like Drake and his unhealthy interest in underage girls. So I think they we, need to. We, we need to that.
2: send AI. I think we need to send AI. He. uh, I don't think they like him up there very much. So. What do they have? Casinos
1: do? in Toronto? Oh yeah, they oh, do. Yeah, they
2: do.
0: <laughs> We've gambled in them. We've been there. Um. Uh, Alright, let's move on to the uh let's move on to the Phillies. Yeah, let's talk about the Phillies <laughs> next. Um, because I want to talk I want to talk about the unwritten rules of baseball. Can can someone break down the Reese Hoskins situation that went down this week?
1: Oh, I'm watching it right now. I have the video up. Uh so what was it? Rom went high on him twice. Rom Emmanuel. That is how you pronounce his last name, right? (laughs) I think (laughs) CD-ROM. CD-ROM. Again, with our cutting edge references here, (laughs) went uh, high towards the head, towards uh, Reese twice in the previous game, right? So I think that was up and towards the head, up
0: and towards the head <laughs> was
2: that was that Mon- was that monday's game and then tuesday was when there was a i'm trying to th- we, we're four we today was game four of the marlin series so
1: so it was tuesday's game and then wednesday's game okay where the
2: closer of the series
1: yeah where hoskins had the home run trot longest
0: since 2015 at 34.23 seconds All right. So, anyway, so this Joker, who I'm not even sure is like a, a, like a going to stick with the majors kind of relief pitcher, uh, he's throwing, he's throwing at Reese Hoskins. It was kind of in question during the game whether he was or he wasn't, but I guess we had accidentally hit a couple of players on the hands uh, coming inside earlier in the game. So they decide uh, up eight nothing to take their shots at Reese. Uh, Reese has been the victim of this um, a lot this season. Is it because yeah. he's
2: the the cleanup hitter, or is it because uh, Bryce Harper is better at getting out of the way?
1: Um, or is Reese I don't like know. secretly
2: mouthy? Like I was trying to think like, did he
1: do something to show up a pitcher, or you know,
0: outside of this trot? But
2: we all know that, that that Bryce Harper likes to show up a pitcher now and again.
0: Yeah. The league is, I mean, has seemed to take offense a, a to all of our handshakes.
2: Well, they just are against fun then.
0: And, well, anyway, so, you know, I, I, Reese looked like he was seriously contemplating a uh, a mound charge.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, But so wait, so did he did he get hit? He did get hit, right?
2: Not in that did at I, bat. I, I think he walked, no. but I don't think he took one to the head.
0: So it was the walk that he was kind of about, like...
2: Well, it's because he came, they he they came in real close to the head twice, but right. I don't think he actually took one off the noggin. The
0: next night, the roles were reversed a little bit. We're up, like, 6 nothing, And the same matchup in the ninth inning. God, it was glorious. Reese takes some yard. Because Reese is a damn baller, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's been solidified so far this season. You know he's had several moments beginning opening day with the grand slam, where things just line up and it's like, well, you know, if Reese can come through with a a long ball here, it'd be huge. And he and he does, and that one was brilliant. It's the the swing was casual and the trot around the bases was even more so, and oh, that just rekindled some good old Mets hate
2: so do you think that this is all over and done with now everything's fine we'll go back to you know next time we play the Mets they'll they'll be happy to see each other and and everything will be great no yeah
0: I mean I I, I hope not I hope <laughs> we can't be adults about this <laughs> <laughs> because like the, the more the more life that's into a Phillies Mets rivalry the the better it is for everybody
2: yeah, it's better for New Yorkers. It's better for us. It's it's better for America, honestly. I mean, nothing made that
0: like seven back with 17 to go, come back. So, you know, if that was against the the Marlins, it wouldn't mean nearly as much as it, as it was that we did it against the Mets. Even against the Braves.
1: And there's a lot of hatred towards the Braves. But coming back against the Mets was just so wonderful. I remember Conan O'Brien – was doing sketches of like Mr. Met finding the Philly fanatic in bed with Mrs. Met after that, like come back. (laughs) It's just, we're so close in proximity, so close in attitude, the real big brother, little brother sort of relationship from Philly to New York that, Oh, I love a, a good rivalry with the Mets. And no, I think, and this is an obnoxious group of Phillies, and I love every one of them, but we are an obnoxious group, and I am looking forward to more uh, to more vitriol between these two teams.
2: Are right, were you surprised that after the the home run trot, because didn't didn't they bat? Wasn't that the top of the ninth? Um, were you were you surprised that in the bottom of the ninth that you know there wasn't another ball thrown inside and the benches cleared? I kind of kind of thought that that was had lit the the fuse on the powder keg that. Um, you know, had had, you know, he had just you know, done a normal circle of the bases that nothing would have come of it. But he was he showed them up so deliberately and and poetically. Like, there's not much
0: you could do at that point because you're batting, so you can't retaliate when you're hit. You know, for the from a Mets standpoint in the bottom of the ninth, what are you going to do? Yeah,
1: and the and the Phils already got their comeuppance. We showed them we. You know, took him yard up six nothing. It'll be interesting because it's
0: it's it's your your move, Mets. Yeah. At, at this point, because so here's the here's my question about the unwritten rule thing. When does it stop? Like, when is it over? Is it over now? Because it the league came down and s- determined that um, he they, they they were throwing at Reese and doled out a suspension. So now it's kind of okay. It's that's it. It's done because it's now no longer unwritten. Now something is written. Uh, but so you're throwing you hit one of our guys, we hit somebody from your team in retaliation. Now I'm gonna hit a home run off you and do a slow trot. W- where does it end? Because I mean, if I was a Met if, if I was a Mets pitcher, see the thing is he did it to the guy that did it to him.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, like and
0: that a- may that may squash it. If he did it to somebody else. He may want to put it in his ear next time, he, next time he faces him. So maybe it is done.
1: Man, we don't, we don't face the Mets for a while. Um, and, you know, the two teams are fighting for the top of the division. So I think a lot of these unwritten rules get put aside
0: when the, the game matters more. You know. Yeah, but you know the the Rangers remembered that um, Jose Batista bat flip from the previous year's playoffs, and it carried over to the next season. Yeah, uh, I, I,
2: one of the things that maybe we 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 could talk about is there was a moment. I think it was in that game where Reese hit that home run, but I think it was in the previous inning. There was a moment where it seemed like Reese Hoskins and Gabe Kapler and one of the bench coaches and maybe another player. Do you kind of remember when they were all kind of standing there along the rail and, and clearly they were kind of formulating some sort of a a response? Uh do you think that that's what's going on in the dugout? Do you think that that there actually is discussions about these sorts of things, where uh, you know Reese says like, "Hey, they threw up my head, co- uh, manager." You know, Gabe, you wanna you wanna do something about this? Do you think that's that's the way it goes down? Do you think that there's a player, uh, a guy like Harper, that may say like, "Hey, man, you gotta you know, Gabe, you gotta you do something, or else you know, you know what? We we can't look like chumps." Gabe also was a player, and a, relatively recently. Do you think that he just all of this stuff is just naturally built in. I'm always fascinated by the idea of, of what's going on in a dugout. You know, it just seems like there's a lot of stuff that we aren't privileged to, to hear, you know, watching on TV.
1: I think it does get talked about because, you know, it's part of the team effort. And I think of, and I'm going blank on the, the one Rangers player name, but it was the 24, seven, Rangers Flyers in the Winter Classic and um uh oh god what the f- I forget his first name but Rupp I think it was on New York uh scored two goals against the Flyers in that game and did the Yager salute and JVR was on the ice going like hey if I score here I'm going to do the uh, last name begins with an A I think a Russian player did I sort of like mock shotgun with his uh his stick in uh, to Columbus. And, you know, that started some controversy uh, earlier in the season. JVR said, if I score here, I'm going to do that. You know, so I imagine they're planning out like, hey, this is how we can tweak them.
0: You know, this is how we can get them back. Well, we've seen that, too, in the uh, in the NFL. We've seen oh, oh, yeah. T.O. score oh, yeah. against the Ravens, and then he does the Ray Lewis <laughs> dance or he stands on stars and stuff. Uh, I just think, look, the Phillies – are in no pit like the the Phillies need to win fucking baseball games I mean look I get like protecting your rep and all that um but they need to win baseball games because they're not a shoe in for the playoffs by any means and this is all basically a, a huge distraction like if it galvanizes the team that's one thing but you know I mean we've seen that happen with the Sixers a couple of times this year but I don't know that that translates into baseball like now i really want to get a hit like i i that <laughs> just really doesn't happen so i i would like all of our players to stay eligible to play all of the games and um just do the talking on the field i mean that was the thing with reese you know he could have went out there and bashed that dork's brains in uh <laughs> but instead he saved it for the next night and took him took him deep and that's that's how you have, that's how you get the last word, and you can't get suspended for hitting a home run. So,
2: what did you think about? Uh, and I this may be going back to last week, but uh, Jake Arrieta coming out after Harper got uh, got tossed, uh, and saying, "Hey, I need him to keep his head on head on straight because I need him behind me in right field, and I really need him at the plate uh, getting hits." Uh, I don't need him mouthing off to an umpire umpires he I think Jake area the quote was umpires make bad calls every night um you know I can't I can't go and argue every night balls and strikes and get myself thrown out of a game so what do you think about another player and Jake area this is not the first time where he's called out a teammate yeah. uh what do you think about another player coming out and saying that sort of thing especially to your 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 golden goose your your 140 million dollar man
0: I, I'll answer that. I think Jake Arietta needs to know his role where he is on this team. He is not, he's not a leader on this team. Like yeah. he's not, he's not going to be here when we're winning world series games. Um, at least I don't, I don't think he will. And um,
2: unless that's this year.
0: Yeah. And he's not, he's not someone I, I look at as a leader on this team. So know your role. So if you got something to say about that, I would say it when you're, there's no microphone in front of your face.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. Ariad is awfully mouthy for somebody who's been pretty mediocre. You know, he had a nice outing the other day. That's great. But I don't know who the hell are you, dude? You know, you you're not the
0: the veteran yeah, right leader now, in this team. Yeah. You're probably like I would rather if I had to win a game right now, I would put him behind Nola, I would put him behind Eflin and I'd probably put him behind Icof. Yeah, I'll
1: help with Pavetta's outing in Lehigh Valley. I don't know.
0: Velasquez had a nice outing last time he went out too. So yeah, you know. and, and pitchers—it's
1: pitchers and goalies and and kickers. You know, you're you're sort of set apart from the team, so you're a teammate and all. But it gets a really a weird territory when you're commenting on plays and parts of the game
0: you're not directly involved in and and, and, that, and those calls in that game were egregious yeah
2: do you agree with the sentiment that he had though do you think that bryce harper has got to be smarter about when he's going to argue balls and strikes because it's he's too valuable to uh to get thrown out in the, in the third inning of a game because that's going to cost him and cost the team three at bats. You know, do you think that it's more important that he he lets somebody else fight those battles? Uh, you know, how does he handle those? I mean, do you want him to kind of rein in that passion, or do you think that that's part of what gives uh, Bryce Harper his uh, his mojo?
1: No, I, I don't want him to rein in that passion, and I don't think it's an issue yet. If it becomes, dude, Bryce, you're actively hurting the team. You know, it. You know you're you're getting tossed out of games that we need you in
0: yeah, but you know what Gabe could just pull a rest day from him and yeah. say you, you got one at bat Tuesday night you got tossed so yeah exactly you know, and we'll
1: just play if it's an epidemic then yeah sure but if it's something I like about this team right now there's lots of things I do like about this Phillies team none of them on the mound but there's lots of things I do like about this Phillies team and the attitude is is a good one. It's much better than the uh, aloof Phillies team playing Fortnite in the clubhouse. The 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 spunk, the being kind of dicks about it, you know, really being involved and 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 fighting out there, and you know, arguing balls and strikes and being aggressive. I like it. I want them involved in this game. And Harper. There, there's a reason we handed him the biggest contract in baseball history for two weeks. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a reason that so many teams wanted him, and this is part of it. So I I wouldn't complain about it until it's a problem.
0: All right, what else we got on the fills? Any any anything else we want to bring up? Thank God for the Marlins. I know, you know. <laughs>
1: curious what ails you yeah man it, it's you know we are at the top of the division um by no fault to, of our own is it
2: by half game today or a full game now a game and a half okay all right i'll take
1: it yeah so i mean What's coming up this week who we got who we got this week
2: the tigers come in tomorrow i believe uh, for uh all you... they
1: come in tomorrow when people are listening to this on tigers uh, and
2: Nats. yeah tigers Nats and that's
1: again and then off to St. Louis.
2: Baseball okay. heaven.
0: Ugh. I knew that was coming out of you, Genia. That really <laughs> – that baseball heaven thing really still tweaks you the wrong way. It line. really
2: does because I've been there, and really it's not that special. Um, uh, no, the only other thing I want to say, say about uh, the Phillies, really two things. Real quick, Gabe Kapler, you, how do you not get thrown out of that game when Bryce Harper gets thrown out? He like, tried. I, uh, I don't. Whatever the magic word is to say to an umpire, man, you got to know what it is because you've got to go. You have. You've got to out yourself. You got to have it be like. So the umpire's like, I didn't throw him out. I don't know where he went. Um, like you have got to get thrown out of that game. Like, just that's got to happen. If Charlie Manuel could do it, you can do it too. Uh, I want
0: to do that one. One. We should do that one. One episode where we secret ballot, like, kind of write down, like, what do you think you could say? Like the one sentence you could say to an umpire. That would get you tossed out of the game, and then we'll all trade it and and read each other's responses. Okay, all right.
2: This sounds that sounds really fun, actually. I called jeans. I don't know what yours, Dave. The other thing is, uh, how important is Gene Segura to this offense? Just is is he like? Well, he's
0: got a good head on his shoulders.
2: Thank God. He's thank God. I don't know what kind of padding he's wearing in those helmets, but good lord.
0: Yeah, that was a scary moment. I thought he got hit in the face when I first saw it. Yeah,
2: it was terrifying. Because
0: I saw it kind of out of the corner of my eye, and I was like in the kitchen, and uh, you know the whole family's in there just like milling about. And I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I was like, Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a cheekbone one, and that's, and it had that yeah.
2: horrible sound too. when they would would play it back. It's just like that that crack when you when you when it makes yeah. contact with a helmet. It's oh, just not. So he yeah, went into the concussion. Sound very
0: similar to bone.
2: And we had just gotten him back, and and the whole thing was very uh, nausea inducing because you know we're all the way down to some guy you've never heard of, uh, who who used to to play uh, pretend he was a Philly in his backyard. Isn't that a spunky uh, commentary? But I don't necessarily want him as my shortstop. Um, good old Phil. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Gene just needs to not get hurt. Like you've had... Phil Gosling, he had a whole story, and he was talking, oh, oh, oh. He was talking about how he, when he was, he was up in the bottom of the ninth or something, he was like, well, I used to do this all the time in the backyard when I was playing for the Phillies, and it just didn't count, which was like, yuck, 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 what a cute little adorable story. <laughs> but <laughs> local kid makes good. Potta take is like,
1: Well, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> go back to the minors.
0: I don't know. Define makes good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> local kid gets a hit. <laughs> yeah makes room for all-star <laughs> oh <my God.
0: laughs> all right can we talk he's about this?
2: related to john and kate plus eight <laughs> shows? that's exactly what my wife said he was like is this is this the same guy's like no that guy's a djing and, and lands down. like don't worry about it. <laughs> isn't he like a porn star or something now no he's a dj like in lansdale like he just he goes to like country western bars and wears really weird t-shirts John
0: Gosling? yes I thought he was doing porn.
2: I hope not.
1: I'm not Googling that. Because <laughs> I bet you there's a John and Kate plus eight uh, I'm in the sure, porn I'm category. sure there is. I'm sure there is.
0: Anyway, uh, look, can we talk about the Eagles for a second because they had the draft this week? Sure. Um, was anybody else surprised with their move in the first round? Because I was super surprised by this.
2: Surprised by the position they took or...
0: Well, yeah, because – so two things really kind of made me go, huh? Um, One, I thought this Jordan Mailata was supposed to be the heir apparent to uh, Jason Peters, and I thought people were saying he's got Hall of Fame potential and all this ability. So why are we burning a pick on the next heir apparent to Jason Peters?
2: I don't know. I guess we just like to line up left tackles. I have no idea. Could it be that they just I, I really thought they were going to go interior line, to be honest. I, I thought yeah. it was going to be a lineman for sure. But we have uh, we have no idea. We have an injury to uh, to the guard. We have an injury to the center. Um, you know, it seems to me that we needed some depth at. And I think we just had one of our interior linemen walk uh, was Newski, right? He uh, he did not resign he he, was, yeah, he wanted to be a starter. yeah i don't know that
0: he walk, like walk so much as we like said we just, we're you we're know like, we're not interested
2: right um so i feel like our interior line depth was was hurting so that's kind of where i thought they would go uh unless maybe they think they i mean my maybe they think they can move him inside uh, is that is that could that part be part I, of the process i mean
0: maybe and then here's the other thing if he is going to be at, if this what's his name dillard
2: yeah
0: if he is going to be an offensive if he is going to be that left tackle position. And Jason Peters is playing this year. He's not doing anything to help us win a Super Bowl
2: this season. Yeah, no, and that 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 was more my my problem is by taking a tackle and 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 Peters comes back. Although uh, we know that Peters did not he didn't play every snap last year. He was not a he was not a go out there. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, I think he was he was he was only out there for like somewhere around 60 Yeah, but I don't
0: know that this dude's going to play this year.
2: Well,
1: well but that if he goes my
0: question. in game three, is this kid going to start the whole season?
1: Well, but that's going to be my question. You talk about heir apparent to Jason Peters. Like, I don't know. Is it time that he's just the heir? I'm not talking about moving on from Peters, but how much how much does he have left in the tank? How well, healthy Peter, is he? Yeah. This has got to be the last year. I mean, he, I mean it's got to well, be. I thought he well, was yeah, done now. But, I mean, is it even the last year? Like, how much time do you think he's going to – how many games do you think he's going to get this year?
0: Uh, beats me i mean he 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 stayed relatively healthy last year he just kept leaving games in the middle of them and
2: maybe it was load management coming back the next game <laughs> i mean
0: i i i guess i don't know i've seen enough halapuli vati Vali, v- Vaitai. Um,
2: is there any way we could just move lane johnson to left tackle finally or are we are we no more comfortable with just leaving him at right no tackle? i would
0: just i would keep him where he's at but anyway, so that's, that's that move. And then, um, round two, uh, we drafted a running
2: back, right?
0: Was yep. that, did we, was that where we went in round two? We went,
2: we went running back then wide out.
0: Uh, yeah. Miles Sanders out of Penn state. So, uh, former, uh, teammate of Barkley, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess he was his backup.
0: I guess so. So we got the backup. So to the great running back, d-
2: do you think what does this do to our running back depth? Who do you think? Obviously, if you're uh, gonna put, you're gonna bring in a second round pick. Do you think that there's there's somebody that's that's gonna fall off the chart? Do you think that this is saying that Sproles is not coming back?
0: Oh, I don't know. See, so I don't. So I admittedly I don't watch a ton of college football, um, so I'm not too familiar with this guy's resume. Well, I just know uh, that I, if you spend. Would a – I Still imagine it's you, gonna be Howard and Clement.
2: Yeah, if you spend a second-round pick on a guy, generally speaking, you're gonna want to. He's gonna make the roster. We we felt we had the, the we felt the need to keep a guy that was a fourth-round pick on the roster when he clearly couldn't cut it.
0: But one thing that I did hear is since he since he was a backup, um, the the silver lining to that is that there's not a lot of tread, or there there still is a lot of tread on the tires. Yeah. Um, were, they, were you
2: surprised yeah. that they they spent so much draft capital? Uh, in the early two rounds on offense, were you surprised they didn't in one of those three picks go for a, a defensive player? This is a defensively um, deep draft. They kept saying how deep the the defensive line in this draft was, and 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 uh, I think safety and, and corner depth.
0: Um, you guys know when you draft, even in fantasy leagues, you don't want to you want to start the runs. You don't want to end them or be in the middle of them. So. I know there was a lot of a lot of runs on like DBs and things like that so
2: I don't know how we we trust right cuz admittedly I I don't know much about this wide receiver uh there was a, some some chatter about there's a there's a particularly there was a good player that was still uh or at least a, a fast player that was still on the board at the time but a lot of the the knock on him was that there was some concern about his lateral movement that this was a a guy that was a good st- Straight ahead runner, but maybe couldn't make the cuts, and that the guy we end up picking had uh, above average hands and uh, and has has good size, and it's going to be probably like a possession receiver, and I don't know that we have one of those at the moment. I, I wouldn't call Nelson Aguilar a traditional uh, possession receiver. Part of me kind of thought that we might see with that. Pick that Aguilar get moved to try and get ourselves maybe back into the third round. Uh, did that surprise you that we we drafted a wide receiver and, um, you know, with the amount of money we've already got tied up in wideouts?
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how ha- he always preaches, you know, in his mind, best available. So maybe that's what they were thinking there. I'm not sure. Uh, but I am. You know, Deshaun, like how long? You know, how much does how much gas does he have in the tank? You know,
2: I worry that he's uh, going to be one is of those Aguilar along for this team. So I worry with uh, with 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 Deshaun Jackson if it's the kind of player that he's he's as long as he's playing, he's good, and then all of a sudden he's just gone. You know what I mean? It's it, there's not going to be there's not going to be a, a falling off. You know where he tails. You know. Slowly, progressively, gets a, l- a touch slower. It feels like he's going to be great, 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 and then gone. Like there's just going to be so be prepared to have a backup because once he's done, he's going to be he's going to be completely done. He's just going to be whether it be from injury or whatever. Or once he loses that step, he's just completely ineffective. I-, I don't know. That's what I've always worried about. Those kind of guys that are you know kind of like a a pure speed. Guy, He's kept himself in really good shape. He certainly has got some of the best hands for a guy that's so fast. We've kept trying to bring in these guys that are fast to replace him, and none of them catch the ball as consistently as he does. So that's what I'm excited to see. Um, yeah. So the other point on the draft, let's maybe you know, go around the division, but maybe specifically talk about what do you think about the, the picks of the, the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants in the first round?
0: okay wait Who was the guy the giants picked he was the quarterback from duke right
2: yeah yeah uh i knew you were gonna ask me his name but I, I don't i don't know it off the top of my head so
0: i saw and this cracked me up when i saw it i saw a tweet that said he looks like he could play eli manning in the movie about peyton manning's life <laughs> right i'm sorry i I wish i could credit whoever whoever put that tweet out there but i thought it was it was was bright now they passed over the quarterback that the redskins wound up uh drafting right the guy from ohio ohio state
2: yeah yeah he he was still on the board i mean
0: if you go online and look at giants fans reactions to that draft pick it's, it's pretty hilarious
2: it's it's great
0: yeah, basically uh, I don't know. people do co- quarterback it's almost as weird as picking someone from like a division II North Dakota. <laughs> well, well essentially... they really valued that GPA, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they they wanted a real
1: book smart quarterback, you know, that could learn the position on the job.
2: So the, his name is Daniel Jones. I, I Oh I yeah, right, right. It, Daniel really, Jones. It,
0: How could I forget a name like that?
2: Might as well be John Smith. Um the other the other thing was the guy that The Redskins picked. There's a lot of questions about whether he's going to actually be somebody that can pan out. Um,
0: Oh, no. I know right now none of these quarterbacks are going to pan out. This is not a problem. I'm not worried about this at all. Okay. Are you worried
2: about it at all? No, I'm really not. I don't think that – I still think that the Eagles – I think Uh, that Mate Sutfeld might be a better quarterback than those two guys.
0: Yeah, so we play Kate Donovan McNabb and draft a quarterback also, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In the uh, fourth round? Fifth round?
0: Yeah, Clayton Th- Thorson, and is, out is, of Northwestern.
2: And what do you think the the thought behind that is? Just he was a, a good player, a good value at that pick. Do you think that they're really seriously looking? Uh, yeah, just like you never to can tell Nate's with quarterbacks.
0: Up, yeah, it's just like look at Tom Brady, You know, you never can tell with with some of these quarterbacks. However, I mean, quarterback coming out of Northwestern. Can you name me any other quarterbacks that have come from uh, the great uh, University of Northwestern?
2: Well, Nick Foles came from Arizona, so I'm out.
0: Um, I can the list of them, and I'm having some. Uh,
2: do you recognize any of them on the list? Is there one that we're? I recognize like, two. Uh, give us a hint. Is it is it a oh, current NFL current NFL player? Uh, no, 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 no.
1: Did Donovan McNabb have any siblings? I mean, he's from Chicago. Is it like Bill McNabb or
2: something?
0: <laughs> no, no.
2: And Donovan <laughs> was Syracuse. Yeah, I, have, I got I got nothing.
0: Um, okay, so the, uh, the one I so the two that I recognize are one Otto Graham.
2: Oh, I have heard and, of him.
0: And then you know uh, of the time. of the modern era, uh, Mike Kafka.
2: Mike Kafka. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what kind of
0: clue I could give you to get you to guess my Kafka. So I, know. Uh, I, I mean, it would have to be
1: based on the like playwright, right? It would yeah. have to be like yeah. *Metamorphosis*.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh Kafka. Yeah. If if that's the easiest way to get you to guess his name, then uh, he's in trouble, and so are we. Um. So, uh, speaking of trouble, let's go to Chuck's
2: penalty box.
0: I got to say that's that's one of our
1: better transitions there, Dave. And I'm going to kick it right back to you. Dave, who is in your penalty
0: box this evening? Uh, I'm putting Paul Pierce okay. uh, in my penalty box this week. Um, because I've seen a lot of uh, things coming out on Twitter and, and analysis um, on the television about overreacting to Game 1s uh, or Games 1. Thank you. You're welcome, Chuck. <laughs> uh, Paul ha- Paul Pierce has declared that the Celtics-Bucks series is over. There is no need to play any additional games. The Celtics are the superior team, uh, and we might as well pack it in, despite the fact that the Bucks have probably the league's MVP on the team and uh, also have the league's best record uh, and the number one seed and home field advantage or home court advantage in the series and it also uh is doubly annoying that it's a uh former player of the celtics and it's a boston team so we get to see this shit all the time uh with uh massachusetts and uh these homers that are always uh pounding their chests and crowing a little too much so paul pierce you're in my penalty box all right paul pierce
1: you're in overreactive mass hole and you are going to the box for 2 minutes for uh jumping to a conclusion. All right, Gene, Gene, who is in your penalty box?
2: So, I want to loop back around to uh the TNT coverage of uh last night's game and uh really I, what I want to I guess maybe what I want to call out is how irritated I am with the fact that the NBA is mandating that I have to listen to national coverage in round two. Uh, frankly, I hate the fact that I've got to listen to national coverage of a game anytime. I would much rather have my local coverage because I am uh, and as unabashedly a homer as, as the next guy. Uh, so I don't want to hear some dude that's being impartial. What ends up happening when you're being that impartial, especially in, in this TNT coverage, is it just ends up sounding uh, very boring. Uh, mm. the the other thing that I noticed, particularly in their coverage, which was to a certain point frustrating, was every time there would be any kind of a controversial call, they uh they would have the referee come over to the table and explain whatever the decision was going to be. Now the mic, the referee was not mic'd up, so you couldn't really tell what he was saying. So what was the point in him coming all the way over so that then the color commentary could then just regurgitate what the referee just explained but of course every time he would do that they would have to make a comment about like oh ha ha! hope they got our good side we're getting more tv coverage ha! yeah no shit you idiots that's part of the plan was that if the referee is going to come over and talk to you your dumb noggins are going to be on screen so you don't have to comment every goddamn time that the referee comes over that you're being seen Because honestly, I didn't even know it was those two idiots because I had never seen them before and I didn't care. Uh, So that was the thing. And it could have been that it was really late last night and I was getting really frustrated uh, with how the Sixers were playing. But that put those two doofuses in the penalty box for, for being vain. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well we went a little journey there uh i had one i had one lined up and i'm gonna go with it because i like the joke uh tnt you may know drama but you do not know basketball commentary tnt you're going to the box chuck who's in your penalty box well thank you dave and um the, the show we started recording a little bit later because uh dave and gene were watching a uh, game of thrones now i don't watch Game of Thrones. I watch sports, so when I get a chance, you nerds can be watching Game of Thrones or Endgame. I was busy watching
0: sports. It's still a game. It's still a game, asshole. What's what? Still a game. Still a game.
1: Still a game. game of Thrones. It's in the title. Ah, and Endgame. Oh, see, I was showing up there. Mm-hmm. so i'll go back to my original point but that was funny um so if you are the kind of person who feels like you can really you know one up somebody by going oh i don't care about marvel movies and i don't care about game of thrones i'm a real man i watch sports or like your your geeky obsessions yeah you know, you're all losers and you know i i watch things important it's the most popular show on tv it's Endgame is the 18th highest grossing movie of all time after its opening weekend. All you're doing is is trying to overcompensate for something. So if you feel the need to mock other people's interests and tout how much you love sports, you're going in the penalty box. Four minutes, double minor for overcompensating.
0: All right, everybody. That was a good show. That's a good show. Clap it out. All right. And if you thought that was a good show, please go to iTunes and rate our show uh, and subscribe to our show and, and give our show a, a, a nice kindly review. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Um, we'll be back with you when uh, next Monday, but, uh, Hopefully, <laughs> recapping uh, four straight wins uh, that the Sixers had and uh, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals, although I suspect it's going to be slightly more difficult than that. Uh, we'll follow everything that's going along with the uh, the Phillies and their, their week with the Tigers and the Nationals. Um, and that's all I got. for 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 a plug for next week um if you have some extra time in your podcast listening day be sure to check out the whip around our sister show uh for all your uh weird news presented in a comedy style
1: uh and you uh, talked about toilet paper on the most recent episode so you should definitely want to check that one
0: out yeah what's the best way to wipe you know do you fold it do you crumple it team fold fold and crumple (laughs) <laughs> i don't know listen to the show just don't find crum- out just
2: don't crumple after you fold
0: good call right. gene good tip good tip public service announcement from gene all right everybody have a great day at work we'll see you later